I'm not gonna lie, getting noticed is not the easiest thing to do in an overcrowded and noisy online space. Some people swear in every sentence to get people to listen. But is it really authentic? And does it really attract the people you want to work with? Let's find out. Stay tuned when Aaron Rickson and I talk about how to stand out without saying fuck, damn and all that other shit. Hi, I'm Kirsten Hewer and you are listening to the Authentic Branding Podcast. Your place to get inspired to build a thriving brand by leading with your heart and standing up for what you believe in. It's time to stop overthinking, staying hidden and waiting for the perfect moment. Our world needs more heart-centered leaders and now is your time to shine. Are you ready to say no to outdated marketing tactics and yes to authentically leaning into who you are? so you can show up with joy and unstoppable confidence and build your brand from a place of abundance and alignment? This podcast will show you how. I'm your host, Kirsten Hewer, and today my guest is Aaron Brixen. Hi, Aaron. Hello, Kirsten. Nice to see you. Very serious today. Um, I'm trying to be serious. I'm trying to maintain a serious tone. Yes. Here, how about this? I saw the picture that you put up at the beginning of our live. I have a lot more COVID hair now than I did in that picture. <laughs> it's barely contained. If this, if I didn't have four pounds of hair product in it right now, it would be down past my chin. So oh, my hair looks like exactly. My hair looks like yours. <laughs> Aaron, I'm so excited to have you here today. For everyone who doesn't know Aaron, uh, he has been. Uh, writing or he has been paid to write his first words in 1994 uh, as I just learned although he told me uh, he has been in the writing business for 20 years so this doesn't make sense now so we have to <laughs> recalculate that it's probably more was, close to I don't know <laughs> maybe I was drunk I was drunk for a couple of years in there I don't know <laughs> Um, and he has been paid for over 7 million words so far. And then he said probably 8 million. Possibly 8 million, yeah. Possibly 8. And uh, he has been doing this for uh, in uh, for over 120 different industries. So yeah. you know what you're talking about. A little bit. A little bit. I don't know much, but I know this. <laughs> That's awesome. Um so thank you very much, Erin, for being on our brandcast today. I'm excited to talk about this topic. And um, is there anything else you would like to add to my introduction other than you are a fellow Canadian? I am a fellow Canadian. And that's, let's just tell people that was the Canadian anthem. That's, <laughs> we, you, were, you were queuing off the Canadian anthem for us to make us feel at home. No, I am a, I am a fellow Canadian. I'm, I live near Toronto. You're out in the west of Canada. Uh, you and I both celebrated Thanksgiving just a couple of days ago. Our American friends cannot wrap their head around this concept because for them, obviously, Thanksgiving is so much later in November. I call it metric Thanksgiving. That's what we just had. You and I, uh, you and I had metric Thanksgiving on Monday. Did you get a, eat a lot, a, a lot of turkey? Did you have any turkey? <laughs> so let's talk about our topic today. Perfect. So, um, uh, there is, um, I don't know, I, every time I, I see a post from Gary Vee saying, and just actually today I saw a post mm. where he said, uh, please save this 
um, before any of my, uh, I had to write a thousand different pieces of content before anyone noticed my shit. <laughs> <laughs> so um, today we're talking about like, what do we have to do to stand out? Do we have to use like those words? Um, and uh, if we if we do it, like, does it really help us to stand out? Or is it maybe, uh, is it authentic? Is it not like, and right. I don't know. Um, it's a good question. Yeah. Uh, you know, and one, I, I'm not gonna lie to you, I might accidentally swear as we're having this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's, it's hard to talk about swearing without accidentally swearing. But, uh, you know, in the world of Gary Vee or, um, you know, increasingly heated online conversations, or, you know, even when you go to the bookstore and you can go to the self-help section and find six or eight or 10 different books with the F word on the cover, you can, you very quickly come to think that a way to stand out is to swear. Um, we were talking before this call about the Netflix show, The History of Swear Words. There was a six episode series with, with Nicolas Cage, talking about all the swear words you can imagine. Uh, they're on your favorite shows. They're on your, in your favorite movies. They're showing up more and more in commercials. My kid, just yesterday, we were watching a baking show. And uh, she turned to me and said, I thought bitching was a swear word. Why does it say bitching on the screen? So it's just everywhere. And that, I think, is the paradox. People think that to stand out, they, they, you know, that, they, that if they do it, they'll stand out. But in fact, number one, there's so much of it out there right now that by, by swearing, I think you just sort of add to the noise. You don't stand out at all. And number two, it doesn't matter whether you swear or you don't swear. Uh, it's, it's really about what you're saying more than about whether you're saying it. People would still want to pay attention to Gary Vee because of his fabulous success. I, I doubt that too many people would drop off uh, if he were to stop swearing. You know, it's because of the, the, yeah. the meat of what he's talking about and the hustle that he demonstrates. People aspire to his hustle more than they do to his potty mouth. <laughs> you know, I swear like a sailor. We were talking about this before the, the call. I swear relentlessly, uh, enthusiastically, uh, joyfully. <laughs> I, I've had clients remind me, please don't cuss on this call because we're meeting with a client, you know, uh, but these kinds of, this kind of language would never enter into my writing unless I was specifically asked by a client to, 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 to let loose. Yeah. So, so when we think about swearing, uh, and we talked about this earlier today, I think people use, uh, swearing as a kind of a pattern interrupt so like here like i say mm. what the shit and what the mm -hmm. yeah. and uh so so people think like okay like this is uh i'm getting noticed but you also said um you can be like even if you swear and it maybe fits to your profile it doesn't necessarily mean that it fits to your brand voice correct so, you know uh tony robbins calls it a pattern interrupt yeah. He says he says that he swears in his seminars to shock people out of the habitual thinking that they're stuck in and, you know, interrupt them so that he can replace what he's saying with uh, something that he feels is more helpful for them. But uh, I think about it as as almost 
you know, when you stub your toe on the door, uh, it's really hard to concentrate on whatever it was you were thinking about when you stub your toe. That's what it's like. You can almost stub your reader's eyes on a on a swear word if they're if they're cruising along your content and they hit a f bomb. That's going to drop them out of what they were thinking about. And if you're doing your job right, what they were thinking about is donating to you or buying from you or believing you or learning from your blog post, whatever it is, the goal of your writing, you can, you can subvert that goal by, by cursing. And, and, and if, if the job of a writer is to disappear, the job of the writer is to, to, to keep from reminding people that they're reading, mm. just to sort of cast that hypnotic spell and get them to read what you want them to read. I feel that, as much as I enjoy swearing in my personal life, I swear right in the middle of that content is going to knock them out of that um, daze that they're in and uh, end up doing the opposite of what I'm trying to do. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think you're like, this is really interesting for everyone listening today um, that, and I have been, I just thought about an article that I read and usually like you start with the hook and then a story and as you just said, like the 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 writers, the writer want us to uh, really deep dive into that story, and I totally forget everything that is around me. I am so into the story, and sometimes like words like that really get me out of it. So then the whole purpose of the story that I'm just telling is gone because exactly. yeah, I lost I lost the reader um, or the listener in this in that point. Um, so what would be a more authentic way then? Because uh, I have some friends or some people that I follow online and I sometimes I see they're using words that they think are popular and I read through it and I think, what? what? This doesn't mean she's not. <laughs> Why is she using those words? <laughs> um, so what is a better way for, for, for people to, to discover really an authentic voice uh, and to stand out in a way that really suits them? There's a joke out there that, that uh, says, I always try to masturbate big words into a conversation, even if I don't know what they mean. <laughs> You know, and that's it exactly. You know, that's another way. I mean, when you're trying to be clean, if you're using the wrong words or you're um, speaking in, the, in, in a voice that's wrong for you, it can be just as jarring. It can be just as upsetting and just as incongruous. Uh, so I think I, I, I'd like to, to share a, a, a way that I like to think about brand voice and brand and, and, and tone that I learned from a, a usability uh, company. But just to be clear, before before we start, I, I want to just to just to, to talk to the viewers and remind them that that when we talk about brand voice, we're talking about the way your company speaks online or the way you speak online. That's different from tone, which can change from message to message. You know, uh, there is a different tone Let's 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 think about the last time you called a bank. There's a different tone uh, on their answering machine, you know, their voice messages, or or in the letters that they send you about, you know, uh, a bill that you have to pay, for example. Mm -hmm. Then there is um, in one of their television commercials, 
they're still trying to maintain the same brand voice, but the tone is different from saying, listen, you need to renew your mortgage to, hey, you should come and shop with us and we'll give you a free iPad, right? So yeah. to be clear, when we're talking about voice, tone shifts within your voice, but let's figure out how to define brand voice. There's a, a company called the Nielsen Norman Group who for what seems like 150 years has been conducting usability tests on the web. <laughs> now, obviously, <laughs> the web's only been with us for 25 years. Really? I get 25 years, right? Yeah. NN Group has been there since the, the start. Uh, and they're responsible, for example, the, the common wisdom um, about how we read online. For example, they are the ones that did the studies about how we read online and how we skim and scan instead of uh, reading every single word. So they set these four dimensions of brand voice and tone. And if you make a choice in each of these four dimensions, you can very quickly determine how you would like to write. Mm -hmm. Those four dimensions are these. Do you want to be funny or serious? Okay, that's number one. Number two, do you want to be formal or casual? Okay. Number three, do you want to be respectful or irreverent? And then the fourth one, do you want to be enthusiastic or matter of fact? Now we talked uh, before the call started about, um, what did we say? We were talking about, a, uh, let's, let's pretend we were writing a sex education yes. web page for teens, okay? <laughs> So we're, we're writing for teens. And so then we have to decide, do we want to be more funny or do we want to be more serious? Okay, let's be funny. Do we want to be formal or casual? Well, these kids are probably 17 years old, so let's be casual so that we don't end up looking like robots. Uh, do we want to be respectful or irreverent? You can go either way with this, but let's say we want to be irreverent. You know, we want to talk about, uh, you know, getting it on instead of... Um, having sexual intercourse and then you know do we want to be enthusiastic or a matter of fact probably enthusiastic to try to keep and maintain the the interest of these readers for example so going down those um those levers we know we want to be funny casual irreverent and enthusiastic now with anything we write we can compare it to those four words and say are we doing a good job here you know, let's say we decided to be serious. Okay, if we're deciding to be serious, why is there a joke in paragraph three? Uh, you know, if we decided to be casual, this this uh, section here feels a little too formal. Is there a way that we can make it more casual? We said we wanted to be enthusiastic. This doesn't, feels like we're flagging here. Maybe we should split this up into two pages so that we can maintain that enthusiasm across both pages. Mm -hmm. Right, these things can can quickly come to define for you uh, everything you need to know about writing online. So, but that also means that um, I so in order to be authentic, I also need to know my audience mm -hmm. um, because like they are the ones reading it. Correct. <laughs> so, so I think I need to marry like my my like who I am, my energy, what to bring across with the with the people that I want to reach. So, and I can probably pretty fast turn someone off if I, um, you know, <laughs> if, I, 
if I have the rock, if I have the same article that you just described that are for teenagers and I want that to uh, to publish for, I don't know, like a seniors. For exactly. You know, for, yeah, let's well, now let's now recast that. Um, let's recast that whole website uh, to, for example, uh, women who are newcomers to the country. Mm -hmm. Let's say that let's say they don't have a great grasp of English, and but it's our job to tell them uh, how this stuff works in the context of this society, where maybe they have come out of a more restrictive society, or they simply don't understand our culture or customs. All of those decisions change, right? I always tell people that the only the only place that you can write exactly what you want to is in your diary. Mm. Everything else, you hit the nail on the head. Everything else. The reader has to come first and you have to think what does the reader need how can we best connect with with our reader now mm -hmm. you still get some say i mean i think you you brought up an interesting example about if you could choose a, i was hoping you'd say it again if you could choose a brand voice you would choose to be you know to be this you can still choose how you'd like to come across to people but you still need to fit with your readers and i think to get back to the the point that we started at the beginning of this call you don't know you 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 maybe know that your reader is a single mother and they really really need this uh child care service that you're um advertising but you don't know how they're going to react to to the f word or to the s word mm -hmm. or to all those other curse words so it's safest to leave it out yeah at the same time, I believe, uh, especially when we look into building our personal brand, um, if I am from my personality, if I am more fun and energetic and uh, not more casual, then I can just turn around and be like something else or someone else because this is who I am. And automatically, I attract those people that align mm. with that. Um, so we, we talked earlier, like to make it easier for um, for our listeners also to to find out, OK, like we have these four parameters that you just 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 mentioned. But there's also um, like brand archetypes that help us to identify mm -hmm. who, we are, who we are. So I am um, I am a typical explorer and <laughs> I don't know, I'm maybe also a little bit of a visionary and a magician, mm -hmm. but uh, my main character has always been an explorer. And I didn't know that until like a few years ago when I looked into it. But now it explains a lot because I have been living this explorer type my whole life because <laughs> on vacation, I had a map, but I never followed the map. Um, when <laughs> I love to be outside, I love to be hiking. Uh, and so how can um, like maybe just talk a little bit, sure. just talk a little bit about these ex uh, brand archetypes, like okay. what they are and how they can help us to find our brand voice. Sure. Well, I mean, for starters, archetypes are a little bit like horoscopes. You know, they're they're a little bit like these big umbrellas under which all kinds of people fit. And maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. Maybe you can dive into two sub archetypes. You know, some some people have this model of twelve archetypes. Some people have a model of 60 where there's another five underneath each of those 12. But the, the point is that the reason that these archetypes exist is, is there are certain things about our society that we typically uh, resonate with. The story I like to tell, I got from a guy named Joe Cody, a friend of mine. Uh, he worked at a company called Branding for the People. 
he's now down in Puerto Rico, I think, with his own company. In any case, Joe always used to tell me about, uh, imagine you're at a conference and you meet a guy in, in, a, in a white polo with khaki pants and loafers and he says his name is Neil. And then you see him again, you know, in the, in the buffet line a couple hours later, you might struggle to remember that guy's name. Now imagine you meet a guy named Tex who has cowboy boots and chaps and a vest with his shirt with the, you know, the pearly buttons and the checks. And he's got a big, massive cowboy hat and a giant mustache. You're going to remember Tex because our body is, our, you know, humans are primed to remember cowboys as an archetype, right? We think mm -hmm. cowboy and we think Tex, that's cowboy name. And then Tex, the cowboy sticks in our head. So when we see him again, we think, oh, that's Tex, as opposed to trying to remember who Neil is in a sea of people with white shirts and khaki pants. Yeah. <laughs> the brand archetypes, our archetypes work that, that way, right? Uh, I may or may not be telling your viewers anything they, they don't already know, but there are 12 of them, 12 big ones, like the explorer and the, the, the ruler and the, the jester and the magician and the sage, the caregiver. You know, a, a quick Google search will explain all the different facets of these brand voices or of these brands rather, but here's how to connect those to brand voice. If you Google any of those archetypes, they will almost always tell you about fictional characters or real people or companies that supposedly fit this archetype. For example, the ruler brand, um, the one that comes up often is Mercedes. Mm -hmm. Mercedes has portrayed itself as the top of the class, the um, the best you can get when it comes to, you know, driving this particular class of car. You could argue whether or not that's true. You might prefer a Rolls Royce or a Bentley, which are inherently more expensive cars. You might prefer a BMW in that same class as the Mercedes. It doesn't matter. The Mercedes says we're this, and here's how Mercedes talks. So you can say, if I if I would like to be a ruler brand, how do they how do they talk? And then you can go through those levers from the Nielsen Norman group and say, is Mercedes funny or serious? Are they formal or casual? Are they respectful or irreverent? Are they enthusiastic or are they matter of fact? And when you plot how Mercedes talks, then you can it's an easy jump to say. If I were to use a brand voice like Mercedes, then I would be the same things. Mm -hmm. I would be serious and formal and respectful and matter of fact. So therefore, I would like to write that way. You know, yeah. you can you can see it in the in in you know my own website or in the introduction that you you read out. That's what I aspire to is to say to the world, I am one of the best writers. So you can see that tone on my website. You can see it in the focus that I make, results, results, results. You can see it in the statistics that I brag about, how many million words I've written, how many hundred industries I've been in, how long I've been doing it. All of that is designed to say, yes, the top of the class. Now you can also 
see me shaping that tone, right? We're talking on a Facebook live stream right now. It's much more fun than it might be if I were, uh, you know, preparing an RFP to try to land a hundred page project. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So yes, you can bring some of the, you can bring some pieces into your tone as, as you shift around, but you know, you can, you can take a look at something like your Explorer brand. And, uh, you know, we were talking about the work that I helped you with on your website before, you know, before this call, we talked about that, that work. And, you know, if we know what kind of voice you're trying to achieve, we know what kind of brand that you want to be. It can be very easy to say, ah, here, 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 and here, we drop out of that brand voice. So let's change it here, here, and here to maintain that same uh, perception. Yeah. And also, um, like, I think even knowing that, uh, like, if I, like, I know who I am, like, what archetype, what kinds of words and I, I want to use and what voice I want to achieve. Still, um, I think because we are sitting in our own jar and can't read our mm -hmm. own label, it's very, I find it very hard uh, to really write in a way that, um, that really fits. And um, I think this is like, how do you, how do you do this, Erin? Like how, because <laughs> you are writing for so many different people and types and voices mm -hmm. and tones. How is it possible that um, that you can slip into someone else's head, brain, and do it? <laughs> and then also, <laughs> I think for everyone like that is listening today, um, I have been like writing a lot, and I think it's like one of my my top priorities because if you can write, you can um, you can connect with your people and um, attract the right people that you want to reach. But it's very hard to to do it when you because you are sitting in your own giant, you can't read your label. Mm -hmm. So Aaron, what do you do um, so that you can get into my brain and write in a way so that I say, oh my God, like how was I not able to do it? And how why is it that Aaron can do it? <laughs> well, to answer that question, well, let's start by talking about uh, playing the guitar. Okay. You can you can go down to the music store, pick up a guitar and say, I'd like to learn the guitar. And you can learn a few chords and you can play some songs around the campfire and get a lot of enjoyment out of playing the guitar. You could study for years and years and uh, play the guitar better. You know, my brother is a great guitar soloist. He's a good, great guitar player, better than me. Uh, a lot of people look at him and say, wow, he can really play the guitar. Then you have Jimi Hendrix. You have John Mayer. You have Eric Clapton. You know, you have these people that are superstars. And I think what the I think what the what, what part of the problem is that the superstars are so ubiquitous that we see them and think, gosh, she's so good. And then we look at our own guitar playing and say, well, clearly I don't play the guitar. He plays the guitar, but I can't. I thought I could, but I can't, right? Mm -hmm. Writing is a lot like that. I'm getting to my point, I promise. <laughs> you, you can start out writing and you may not be very good. You can continue to write and continue to write and get a lot of practice and be very good. 
But when you ask me, how is it that I can drop into other people's voices? It's simply that I've just been doing so much of it for so long. That's all. I don't want to, I don't want to say because I can do this, then other people should not do it. There are people who hire me because they don't want to do it or because they can't do it. And that's perfectly fine. But most people out there with some practice and some dedication can, can do exactly what I do. It's, it's simply that I have trained myself to be able to put on these different hats, these different masks and to write as Kirsten or to write as this company or that person, you know, to write that rabbi's website and the condom subscription and <laughs> the drill, the drill that drills down five miles below the earth and that web agency from Seattle. I mean, that's just what I do. I've managed to find a way to ask these kinds of questions, to infer from what people tell me about who they are and how they want to sound, and to be able to use that to, to, to say what specific brand voice are we going to use and how are we going to do it. Now, here's the dirty secret that I'm going to share with with you and your audience. A lot of times, many, 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 many times, uh, it doesn't matter what brand voice you want to be. It's, the trick is clarity. There's really only two kinds of writing, really relatable, relatable casual stuff and formal, uh, instructive stuff, you know, think about a, a government website and, uh, a, um, you know, a, a personal blogger. Mm -hmm. Obviously I'm simplifying. You can decide to be whoever you want to be with your writing, but if you can simply focus on making your writing clear, you can connect with most of your readers and you can accomplish most of your goals. The, the, the trick is really trying to stay uh, as easy to understand as possible, as clear as possible, and not throwing in these sort of the things that people can stub their eyes on, you know? A simple way to do it is write it, let it sit for two or three days, and then go back to it. You'd be surprised that if you, if you just don't look at it, you'll be surprised when you go back with a set of fresh eyes, you think, oh, wait a second, that doesn't make any sense, or that doesn't sound like me, and you can easily start to to get better at, at achieving that brand voice. But, you know, clarity plays a big role. <laughs> yeah. When writing's confusing, it doesn't matter what your brand voice is. If it's confusing, nobody's going to be able to read it anymore. Yeah. And you know what? This is a good point um, because uh, in the beginning when we said, how can we stand out? So I think, like, why, why do we want to stand out? Mm -hmm. Because the reason behind is we want to connect, first attract, and then connect with mm -hmm. the right people. Yes. So, um, so that being said, like we need to to be authentic. We need to find the voice that fits to them and is authentic to us. Uh, and like the clarity, really, like what is the point of the whole thing? Why am I writing this? <laughs> what do I want to get people out of this? um like is it maybe a call to action do they need to, do i want them to follow like to click somewhere mm -hmm. really practical things and i mean there is the brand voice is the one thing but then also like the clarity of with every piece that we write 
what is the attention behind it and i always like when i do this i sit down i write down like three things that i want to get across so i start with that and then as you said i write it and then i let it sit and then later on i look look back and i i, I see like did i answer those questions uh that i had in my mind and do i think that uh the message that i wanted to get across gets across <laughs> <laughs> it's true uh you know it's different writing writing for the web is different from something else creative you know i have some records on spotify it's great if people listen to them but it was also you know uh the, i got something creatively out of making them as much as a movie wants to make money the director still made it because he was driven to direct that film. Now, sometimes they make trash, but a lot of times these auteur directors want to make a particular film to express something or to make a statement. A novel is meant to tell a story, but it's also meant to get that story out of an author's head. When we're writing for the web, the only reason we're doing that, unless we're writing some kind of personal blog to share our thoughts with the world, well, even there, there's, I guess, a, a, if you want to share your thoughts in a blog, that's your job. The only reason you're writing for the web is to, to accomplish something. To get a visitor from point A to point B. To have them come to your site and have them do something that you just said. Buy something, subscribe to something, download something, donate some money, uh, get inspired to take action. Uh, you know, what, what's your job? How do you want to do it? You're not going to, you're going to do a better job doing that if you can hone in on your brand voice and to, to sort of put a bow on what we were talking about before to avoid distracting people with unnecessary curse word nonsense. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> I think this is a, a perfect uh, ending <laughs> to, to our brand cast today. Um, <laughs> uh, Aaron, thank you so much for for joining for joining today. Um, I would love everyone to follow Aaron <laughs> uh, on LinkedIn. I've put his his um, uh, his handles here in uh, in the uh, on the video. Uh, you can follow me on LinkedIn, on Instagram, Facebook, and of course his website. And is there anything um, specific that you have coming up, uh, Aaron? Like any, I don't know, master classes, or are you doing like one-on-one -on -one, uh, mostly? Is there anything that you would love to share? I will say that this week, uh, there, uh, we can talk about the book. Uh, there's a book that I was part of that just got released. It's oh, what's the book? It's not about brand voice. It happens to be about LinkedIn. Uh, a client of mine named Josh Steinle wrote a book called 60 Days to LinkedIn Mastery. And then he enlisted a bunch of us as co-authors. So I have a book that is, thanks to his publicity campaign, is currently selling like crazy on Amazon. We've sold, I think, 1,500 copies so far in about two days. What? <laughs> it helps It helps when the, you sell the book for 99 cents. But... The point is that we've sold 1,500 copies of this crazy thing. And there's, I'm not even joking, there's a reasonable chance that it may end up as a Wall Street Journal bestseller. So wow. 
you may, this is like a time machine moment. And right here, we're looking at maybe in a week or 10 days, there'll be a Wall Street Journal bestselling author. <laughs> okay, we need to get you back on there. Yes, it's called, <laughs> it's called 60 Days to LinkedIn Mastery. If you're so 60 watching, days 60 days, masteries? yeah, it, it's, uh, it's, it's organized in 60 chapters. You can, it, it's 60 tips to improve your LinkedIn presence. Uh, if you, depending on when you're watching or listening to this, if you order before October the 17th, you can get it for 99 cents on Kindle awesome. uh, or $1.25 in Canada. Sorry, inflation. You can spend a whole <laughs> $1.25 in Canada. Uh, it's also available in paperback from Taft Publishing if you're interested in an actual copy. So that's new. Uh, that, that's, that's what's on my mind these days. As far as my own stuff is concerned, I have been exploring more about uh, creativity. I may um, release some creativity focused things in 2022. Um, I also have some brand voice materials. Maybe we can find a way to, uh, to give people some, uh, some free, uh, like a free brand voice PDF. That's let's a put, great idea. Let's put our heads together and we'll put a link, you know, below wherever you're watching this. You can you can find a link to a, to a free PDF on on how to help find your brand voice. Yes, we will do that. Awesome. All right. Thank you very much, Aaron. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening today uh, or if you're watching the replay. Um, we also have a, a branding masterclass coming up again, and you can find more information on our website at youthentic.ca. And... Uh, Again, thank you very much. I'm excited to um, to dive further into being authentic and um, really uh, showcasing the voice that I have inside me. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Kirsten. Awesome. It's been fun to talk to you. <laughs> Likewise. Thank you, Aaron. Bye-bye. Hey, are you still there? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this episode, we would appreciate a review. Only if it's a good one, though. <laughs> we release a new episode every week, so you might want to hit the subscribe button now to get notified. Are you ready to build your online brand? Then connect with us by following the link on this page. We can work together one-on-one -on -one, or you can join our small group program. Until next time, I'm your host, Kirsten Heuer.